Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Welcome back to the Juicy Podcast. This is episode seven. We back. I'm on that from a bird's eye view shit. Shout out to Corday. Just dropped a brand new album. Magnificent. Man, I've been sitting with from a bird's eye view all weekend. The shit is lit. It's fire. Um, Shout out to Corday. I had the privilege, honor, and pleasure of opening for Corday when he was in my hometown city a few years ago at the Palace Theater. Phenomenal performer. Phenomenal young talent coming up. Uh, good head on his shoulders. He used to be part of the YBN uh, crew. I don't know if you know. He used to go by YBN Corday. Um, says on one of these records, I can't remember what record specifically, but off the album, he's, he addresses why he dropped the YBN. It's because they didn't own the shit. Okay, Corday's on his ownership swag. You know what I mean? He's on his intellectual shit. Like, he's heavily, heavily, you know, highly intelligent um, for the style of rapper during, in his time period. Uh, most of his peers are degenerates. I'm sorry. They are products of their environments, but they are ignorant motherfuckers. Um, and I, I really want to pay homage to this young king, Corday. Um, I think this album is phenomenal from a bird's eye view. You know, he intros the album with his 21-year-old brother who's in prison. He starts spitting some shit. Man, this shit is so, um, I, I really felt it deep within my core, deep within my spirit. I felt a lot of the challenges that Corday is facing, his experiences going through this pandemic and how it made him feel. Um, his 21-year-old brother being in prison, being in a penitentiary and how that's affected him. Um, having his 21-year-old brother, like I mentioned, intro the, the album, was it was crazy. So he had spit his verse over the phone. And they had recorded that for the intro. And I thought that was such a great way to open this project because he spoke about his brother actually being the one who was the ill rapper out of the two and just unfortunately falling victim to, you know, the system. Uh, we talk a lot about the system and how it impacts young black men, young black women. And, you know, just the, the ripple effect it has to young black men and women all the way around the world. Um, I love the fact that he was as transparent as he was on this project. Um, coming out of the intro, Jean-Michel, man, it was that this this record, man, the production on this bitch is crazy. And if you don't know, Corday had a huge hand in producing the album, which I love. I love artists who are not afraid to step outside of the booth and step behind the boards and guide, you know, an engineer you know, toward what it is they want visually to, to, to be able to paint that canvas, that canvas essentially from blank to here's this masterpiece. Jean-Michel is just very dope record, very dope record. Super, I'm pretty sure Super came out. One of the first tracks that he dropped from the record. Um, Who, do you, who does he got on here for features? He has Gunna, he has Lil Wayne on Sinister. Y'all have heard Sinister. I, I'm pretty sure that's another record that he dropped. Ahead of the album's release, Sinister goes fucking crazy. 
Uh, Wayne ate that shit the fuck up. Corday went off. He also has her and Lil Durk on the same track called Chronicles, which it's like a it's like a sort of like a an emotional tight record, which I thought was hard. He has Eminem on Parables. It's a remix. Uh, you know M. M showing off as usual. You know, just let motherfuckers know I can outrap any anybody. And then on the, the last record, it's titled Gifted. He has Roddy Rich and Ant uh Clemens. So it's a total of fourteen songs, about forty one minutes, thirty nine seconds of I th- what I think is uh greatness. Um I'll say it again. Uh this young man just you know, articulating himself the way he did on this project and how much he delved into his history, into his roots, you know, for his age is it's, it's unlikely, you know, you don't hear a lot of his peers, really any of them, you don't hear any of them on some introspective shit, um, speaking on, you know, their history as Africans, uh, you don't, you really don't hear that. You don't hear them speaking on the contributions of African-Americans who helped to pave the way for the freedoms that they experience today. And so that's one of the things that uh, hit me with a bird's eye from a bird's eye view. That's one of the things that I fucking loved. I mean, this kid was born in 1997, okay? He's 24 years old. He has a 21-year-old brother who's in the penitentiary doing 20 years. He's lost a friend to gun violence. And, you know, all of this is in the album, you know, um, all of this is in an, in the album. He's dating the greatest tennis player of this era, in my eyes, Naomi Osaka. Um, just the pairing of them both, it's, it's, you can tell it's magical. You can tell it's just young black excellence, which I love. I love that they both stand for something. Um, I, I, I mean, I, what more can I say? Um, I'm not a huge Gunna fan. But I love, I love how Corday brought Gunna into his world, but still allowed him to be himself. Um, that record today, off the album featuring Gunna, I thought was fire. Um, man, one record that one record that really, 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 really blew me away was "Want from Me." And on this record, it, Corday's just—he's addressing the differences between men and women, and how often i guess for men they feel like that uh, no matter what they buy women no matter what they give women you know is it ever enough and i thought for a 24 year old man to drop a record so introspective on you know how he feels how he's felt you know with uh previous relationships dealing with women dealing with the modern woman and what it's been like for him in his experience so it was kind of cool to hear a guy's perspective of feeling like you know how how many things does one have to buy a woman for it to ever be enough for her to ever be fulfilled or be you know to to obtain this you know form of happiness through materiality and i just thought it was dope and and it's a vibe it's a dope vibe it's it's got kind of like a soul bounce to it that I love. Is it ever enough? I, f- I really fuck with it. Um, now, the rollout of this project was absolutely genius. There wasn't a place you did not see Corday. Uh, he dropped a freestyle visual leading up to the release of the album. I think it's the night before it came out. 
you know, just, you know, he's spitting bars going on. The fact that he had a whole album that he's been working on. And then he had a freestyle in the tuck to help promote the album. What a visual that he dropped the night before the album actually released. It, it really speaks to this Young King's work ethic. Um, I fucked with it. I fucked with the whole rollout. He was on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, where I think he he absolutely killed his performance. All black band. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. We talking about black excellence. We're talking about black unity. Um, so he was on Kimmel. I think uh, Kimmel dropped either the day the album dropped. He was also on NPR Tiny Desk, which also dropped the day the album came out. Like we talking about press publicity. We talking about raising awareness around your project. You know, we talking about uh his interview with Zane Lowe from Apple Music like this all dropped on the day of the album release like there wasn't a place I went on the internet and didn't see Corday um he dropped a fucking visual he's been dropping visuals um like what are we talking about I, th I think this is just I think it's an incredible body of work um I, f I personally feel like rap needed this shit we needed something authentic we needed something real the production is insane he does speak about experiencing with like mushrooms, you know, psychedelics, certain certain drugs on this project to fuel his creative, you know, juices, get him going, get him flowing. Um, I personally ain't doing no mushrooms to to <laughs> for no influence, but you know what I mean? He's 24, I've been there, I done that. So, I mean, I just I think I think most importantly is statements like not being on the internet during the conception of this album not being on the internet at all and the power the power that gave this young king to produce such a phenomenal body of work like put your hands together for core day man y'all make sure you go check out from a bird's eye view what else dropped in music chris breezy breezy dropped a single looks like we got an album coming his new single's titled iffy uh i'm iffy about how i feel about it i'm not gonna lie to you it really I'm, to me, it's like, it's, it's it, to me, it was like kind of super, it's, it's it's like a Chris Brown single. It's what you're always going to get. It's dancey. It's, you know, it's for, it's, it's, it's traditional trap R&B. Um, the video's fucking crazy, though. I'll say the production in the video was, is, is insane. Um, I wasn't really moved by the single. I'll be honest with you. I love Breezy. Super talented. But I feel like he's hella complacent. I feel like he's stuck in like this world of pop single record. I I mean it. It there's uh, there's no emotion. There's no feeling. There's no you know. I'm not really getting. I'm not really getting an update on you know where Chris Brown as a man is now. You know because he's not the little fifteen year old boy that drops singing. Yo, tell me fellas how you seen. Like, you know what I mean? I, I'd love to get I'd love to get that project or those records from Chris Brown that dive, you know, more into Chris Brown as the man more, more into Chris Brown as the father, you know what I mean? Because he just not a kid no more. You know what I mean? So I just feel like his music's not really evolving. It's not really growing. Um I, I just I wanna I wanna I wanna 
I want to hear more about the things that really move and motivate Chris Brown. I want to hear more about his fears. I want to hear more about the trials and tribulations that, you know, this king has faced throughout his career because he's been through a lot of shit. Um, you know, he's 32, and I just feel like uh, his new, his latest single, Iffy, dropped, you know, Jan 14th. I, it doesn't... It's... You're going to expect it. You're going to be like, oh, okay. It's, it's nothing really new it, it, it you know it didn't really move me it's kind of the same old generic sound he's producing he's been producing for the last you know few years i mean i don't know i'm i'm wondering i don't know i'm wondering where when are we gonna get like a new you know beautiful people when are we gonna get when are we gonna get more introspection from you know such this amazing talent i just feel like um it's very, very generic. Um, I wasn't really impressed, uh, although the video was fucking crazy. Um, I don't know. It, it, to me, I feel like he can take it so many other places because he's dumb talented like that. But it's like Drake, right? It's like Drake's uh, album last year. What was the one called? What was the one called when he had all the, all the pregnant emojis on there of different ethnicities? certified lover boy i mean it's safe to say you know that album was a flop in terms of like in terms of drake's catalog um it just really wasn't anything special it just sounded like a collection of songs he didn't release before um it didn't really it just didn't really move me it was generic it was it's, it felt very easy very cheap um and I just think the, I, I think these kings have the ability because they are such great talents. They they can take it. They can really take it somewhere else creatively. But, you know, just choosing to ride the wave of what's current, I think, is really kind of hurting. It kind of hurts these guys to a degree because, you know, then you're limit you're limiting what what it is you bring to the game. And we have this debate all fucking day long. When an artist gets to a point in whether it's R&B or whether it's in uh, rap where they get to a certain age, you know, should they no longer make music or are they a lot of times artists who th their music just doesn't age that well or they don't know how to evolve with the times. And I, I think Chris Chris has always been great with evolving, but I just think if he if he just, you know, to me, it just says he's at a standstill. Certified lover boy, to me, it was just like, I have to give you something, you know, because I haven't given you anything since, you know, 2018. Though, you know, Drake Drake does stay on a lot of features. He do be doing a lot of features. So even though he, you might not always get a project, he still seems to be everywhere because he does a lot of features. But Certified lover boy, to me, just really wasn't shit. Um way too sexy it was just it was so generic very cliche to me um but yeah y'all go check out uh from a bird's eye view because to me um that album blew certified lover out the fucking water i put to me f from a bird's eye view is right there with you know call me if you get lost like to me these are the greatest rap albums of this era um, and there are others, but I'm just naming, you know, quick few ones off the top. Um, I love J. Cole, 
but off season off season was dope it was dope but it didn't seem like the greatest version of j cole the rapper and i think that was because j cole was also trying to play ball professionally he was taking on you know he was taking on other versions of himself at the time, which I believe took away from J. Cole, the artist. Um, and so I fuck with off season. There's a lot of, a lot of goodness on there, but I feel like it could have been, it could have been taken further. Um, uh, but wasn't, um, what, Oh, Nas dropped. Nostradamus. Nas dropped magic. Whoo. Sheesh. I did not expect it, but it was amazing. I'm glad that he dropped it. Opening the project, opening the album was speechless. All produced by Hip Boy, of course. Hip Boy got Nas on some shit right now. Hip Boy on some shit right now in general. Uh, the pairing of these two is is genius. I think they're producing amazing, amazing hip hop records right now that we need in this era. I think Nas is one of those seasoned rappers the legend the god one of the the elder statesmen that's aged well that's evolving gracefully beautifully that is contributing so much to rap right now that is you know being a beacon of light to the youngest coming up that it, you know so much substance in this album magic um man speechless is just crazy you know that first bar i'm 27 years past the 21 years past the 27 club he said something like that which i just think is was crazy like that bar alone like just understanding understanding the duality between nas the young rapper and nas you know the elder statesman and how amazing he's aged in hip-hop not his actual age per se but just his music his sound the evolution of nas um he he gave us so much game off magic off this album, Just dropped late last year in the first quarter, the fourth quarter, excuse me, nine songs. Um, I loved the energy. I love the energy. Uh, there's so much, so much vibe on here, like ugly from ugly to Hollywood gangster to wave gods. Featuring ASAP Rocky, DJ Premier. Again, just, just, for me, I fuck with the artists who really take this shit seriously because that directly correlates through their music, right? Don't get me wrong. Like, I love everything. I love how, you know, rap has evolved to a degree. But we can understand that a lot of it is destructive. A lot of a lot of it is destructive. It's just not good for our mental. It's just not good for our spiritual health. It's not good for our vibration. Um, and you know, not all youngins, but most youngins are for the most part they're unconscious. They're not as woke yet, and that's because they they still growing. They still on their journey of evolution, and they gotta go through their shit. They gotta figure out what's real from what's not real. So we need we need the Nas, we need the Joey Badass, we need the JIDs and the Earth Gangs and the J Coles and the Sinzers. We need the Toby Nowigways and the Tobies. We need the we need the real ones that is gonna go out here and and that love and take time and that are passionate and and take rap seriously and are painting these beautiful, beautiful masterpieces on these blank 
these blank canvases, right? They're telling stories, um, the sample of the greats, the little Sims, you know what I mean? These, to me, are the gems of this era, the, the, you know, the... Depending on depending on who you depending on who you what room you're in and who you fuck with, but for me, these are the names to me that are really really leaving behind bodies of works that are going to age well. You know, like fine wine that are gonna prove to serve the people they were created for. Like sometimes I might be introvert. That album blew my motherfucking mind. Like I don't know. I don't. Not too many people are fucking with Little Sims um she is a force to be reckoned with she has a record she has a record on there i love you i hate you and it's it's about her father and uh him being absent in her life and how that affected her as a young woman like powerful records like we we as black women we need records like that a lot of us unfortunately we were raised with by single black women our fathers weren't in our lives um or a record like woman Featuring Cleo Soul, oh my gosh, where she, Little Sims literally just breaks down every bl beautiful black woman around the world, no matter where she is, whether she's Canadian, American, European, from Africa, from different African countries, you know, it's an ode to black women to the highest degree, and I really, I really, she's one of, the, she's probably one of my top tops. You know, a lot of people are not fucking with Little Sims. Like, Sample the Great. Like, don't sleep on Sample the Great. Like, we need artists like Sample the Great. I'm not going to lie to you. We need that that black perspective, that African perspective of liberty, of, you know, longevity, of life, of strength, of honor. Um, You know, the, the stories that tell the atrocities that have happened to us you know even the perversion of hip-hop music because you have to understand something and we'll go into more detail um in episode eight but you have to understand something when in in the golden age the golden era of hip-hop in the 80s the powers that be didn't give a fuck about hip-hop it wasn't until nwa went platinum and sold a million records that these white motherfuckers was like, oh, hold on, hold on. What is this shit called hip-hop? What is this? Our kids love this shit. It, 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 it's, it's lucrative. It's viable. And once, and once, you know, NWA hit and sold that a million records and went platinum, that's when shit got fucked up. That's when they understood what style of music is selling. That's why rap is, that's why the most destructive messages in hip-hop are amplified the loudest. We're going to go into more detail about that, but I just wanted to dive into some of the music, some of the music I'm fucking with right now, some of the music that's dropped, kind of give my perspective on the shit. Uh, again, Call Me If You Get Lost, one of the greatest, if not the illest album that came out 2021. Next to Sometimes I Might Be Introvert, Magic was dope. Uh, King's Disease 2 dropped. Also, Nas dropping like crazy. Let's not sleep on Baby Keem, though. I fucks with Baby Keem, okay? The melodic blue, man, creatively, I, I feel like, 
in the production, the amount of beat changes within one beat, the, the, the fact that one record could have three different energies and bring you to three different places sonically, mentally, and emotionally, for me was there was so much genius in the melodic blue um, that I was like, one, uh, one, Baby Keem is definitely raising the bar for his generation. He's definitely taking it somewhere that other his peers aren't taking it. And there's definitely a lot of K. Lamar influence, his cousin Kendrick Lamar, for those who don't know. There's a lot of influence. And you you hear Kendrick in ad-libs. You hear Kendrick on records throughout the whole project. Um, Range Brothers, to me, was there was so much genius in the way that record was done. Just playing off of the minimalism in rap right now to a degree where it's like they just shitting on niggas like this shit is easy. What you guys do is easy. Like that's not challenging. That's not raising the fucking bar. But I'll do what you do and do it do it with half the fucking energy you do it and still make it more fire. Which I think I always think is genius. Um he had Don Toliver on Melodic Blue, Kendrick Lamar, Travis Scott's who else we got in here? Brent Fias. Shout out to Brent holding it down. Toxic R and B shit. Um, y'all know Hooligan. That's one of the big ones we know. Hooligan slaps. Don't fucking sleep. Do reg activities bananas. Pink panties. Probably not a record a lot of you listen to. Go play. Go slap. Pink panties by Baby Keem. This shit is so fucking hard, yo. Spicy records, spicy records. Spicy. Man, Roddy Rich dropped Live Life Fast. Um, I didn't get through the whole album, so I don't want to really speak on it too tough. Um because I like to give I like to actually sit with projects. I'm not one of those motherfuckers that's like skim through the project one time and say, yo, it was whack. Without, you know, I I really like to let I I really like to let the project live. And live with it in my world to get a good sense of what the fuck is going on, what the artist was trying to portray. Because I'm an artist too, right? So I respect every artist. Even if, you know, to me your album's generic or to me I feel like you could have raised the bar. I'm still going to respect an artist enough to sit with their project and really digest it and take it in. But uh, Live Life Fast. I know critics were critics were really shitting on it, it seemed like. Critics were really shitting on it and not giving it the love that it deserves to some people. But I don't know. They're saying uh, based off of what he sold for Live Life Fast, I think he sold 62000 in the first week. That's including like streams and stuff. Um, That's where that's where it kind of they the game loses me because numbers are fabricated and faked. So it's like to base a body of work solely off of mother, what a motherfucker sells. I just think, you know. It robs us. It robs us of truly sitting with a creative piece, with a creative canvas. It's like looking at a painting. I'm not gonna look at this painting and base its beauty off of how many how many paintings were sold. You know, to me that just doesn't make sense. Um, takes out the essence and the beauty of sitting with a, a a masterpiece, with a body of work, with a project. Not every album that comes out is a masterpiece either. But I I need to hear it in its totality and sit with it and let it live before I could give my breakdown on the shit. But I heard a couple, I heard a couple records. Um, d- d- I heard a couple records that to me, um, really just sound again, generic, uh, Roddy, not really, you know, taking it any further. Um, 
really just kind of what's popular, what's in popular music today. Um, from what I heard, a lot of these records sound like a lot of other rappers that are rapping right now. Um, and that's one of the things I loved about Corday. When Corday brought Roddy Rich into his world, he allowed Roddy to exist as himself, but a higher version. Why? Because the type of music that Corday produced on From a Bird's Eye View. And I can appreciate that. And that's why, you know, you, you can tell the great ones from the ones who, you know, who they they got popular off, you know, one record. And, and, and it really was one commercial, you know, that one commercial record's really carrying their career. And they never really have nothing great after that. You know, so um, I mean, I appreciate artists like Tyler, the creator, the ones who, again, they take this just so fucking seriously. Like they so passionate about they craft, about they shit. So salute. I mean, I, I'm waiting on an album from Rihanna. I think I'm going to be waiting forever because I just think, you know, she a billionaire now. So I don't know. I don't know if Rihanna's ever going to come back to music. She really doesn't have to. She gave us so much. It'd be amazing for her to come back. Um, but Rihanna's thoughts on being a millionaire, I, th I thought it'd be cool to speak about how she felt. And, you know, she hilarious. Riri's hilarious. She pretty she pretty much said, don't come to her house asking to borrow $20, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Um, she spoke on how many calls and texts that she got from other people congratulating her on getting money. She found that to be weird. She found being a billionaire was weird uh, because it was just money. But then understanding that it made total sense when she understood from other people's perspectives how inspiring it was to see someone like her coming from such humble beginnings make it to where she's made it. Uh, also, her being named a national hero. Oh, my God. Drop some claps in there and applaud, man. Salute to Rihanna. Uh, my father is from uh, Barbados. And so beautiful country. And so to be named a national hero, I think, is beautiful. So salute to Rihanna. Salute to Rihanna, man. We're going to continue to highlight black excellence on this pod. We're going to continue to have, you know, the juiciest, illest conversations about what's going on and how it directly correlates to, you know, our history as a people because that's what the fuck we're doing on Juicy. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another mother-loving episode of the Juicy Podcast. You already know how we do over here. I'm your host, Sinzel. Y'all stay safe, stay blessed, and stay out the motherfucking way, gang. <laughs>